What's up, fans of the beautiful game? Welcome to episode 25 of the DKB Footy Show. I'm your host, David Ballat, and we've got a lot to talk about because there's a lot of football action over the past week. So without further ado, let's get straight into it. So I'd like to start off with the Club World Cup. Real Madrid winning the third consecutive Club World Cup after defeating Al Ain four goals to one. We had goals from um, Marcos Llorente, Modric, Sergio Ramos, and an own goal later in the in the match. And um, so yeah, straightforward win for Real Madrid. Obviously, they were expected to win it, but nice feat for them. Third consecutive Club World Cup. I'm pretty sure this should be a record. But I'll have to check and see. But good for Madrid. It's hopefully, they'll go into the winter break and come back next year with um, feeling invig- reinvigorated and ready to get back into the title race for La Liga and also the Champions League. But congrats to them. Third consecutive Club World Cup. And a touch of class from Santiago Solari, who obviously dedicated the cup to Zinedine Zidane because obviously he was the one who won the Champions League and got them there. So nice touch of class from him, paying the right dues. Anyways, that's all about that. There was really nothing more to say about that. Straightforward win, very easy. Yeah. So let's get into the Premier League. So the Premier League, we had two rounds of fixtures over the week. We had the weekend games and we also had the Boxing Day matches. I'll just go over the weekend matches very quickly. Um, or should I even do that? I don't even know. Do we have time today? Um, let me see. Yeah, I guess I'll talk about them a little bit. So, over the weekend, we had Liverpool defeating Wolverhampton Wanderers away from home. Two goals to nil, courtesy of goals from Mo Salah and Virgil van Dijk. Um, headline from that match, well, cool finish from Salah, but really the standout performer was Van Dijk because despite the match ending 2-0, Wolves actually did play pretty well as they always do against top-class opposition. And Van Dijk was just head and shoulders above everybody. He showed us why Liverpool paid £75 million for this guy and why he is the best defender in the world this season. I don't think there's even an argument. This guy... He's such a leader. He's so composed. He's a threat in the attacking box. He does everything. He literally does everything. He's good on the ball. He can distribute passes, cross-field passes. He's, he dictates what the, the other defenders should be doing. He's a leader. And on top of that, he's a good-looking fellow. Like, God just blessed this guy with every single thing he needed to do well in football. And... Yeah, he's he's just great, world class defender, and right now that seventy five million pounds is definitely looking like a bargain for Liverpool. Anyways, the shocking result of the weekend was Manchester City losing at home, three goals to two against Crystal Palace. It was goals from Gundogan who opened the scoring, then Jeffrey Schlupp equalized with a nice cool finish, which arguably you could say Kyle Walker should have done better to cover the space. And Edison should have done better to save, but that went in. And then, out of nowhere, just like two or three minutes later, an absolute sc- 
creamer of a volley from Andros Townsend. Goal of the season easily and I, if I was to put my money, I would say there will not be a better struck goal until the end of this season. It was everything, like from about 35 yards out, this guy volleyed it. He had the right height, right amount of power, and there was nothing Edison could do about it. And then over to the second half, and then penalty, and Milivojevic stepped up and dispatched it coolly to make it three goals to one against Manchester City. Kevin De Bruyne came off the bench and he got a very lucky goal, which was very nice to, to look at because it was, it was basically a cross. It was a mishit cross, which ended up in the back of the net. And after that, Manchester City didn't really create anything. Even before the goal that De Bruyne scored, you'd have thought that they would have really taken the game to, to Crystal Palace and Palace would have been would have just like survived by the skin of their teeth, but it wasn't so. Like Palace are actually quite comfortable once they got this lead. It's been a recurring thing for City. Every time they go, they go down by a goal, they actually just look depleted. They look like they seem to give up, like they don't have any fighting spirit. And this match showed that again. The De Bruyne goal was lucky. Besides from that, they really didn't have any clear-cut chance after they conceded the equalizer and the, and the winning goal. And at that point, it had um, Liverpool were able to extend their lead on top of the table to four points. And then Cardiff City won Manchester United five. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's debut match for uh, in charge of Manchester United couldn't have gone any better. We had goals from Marcus Rashford, excellent free kick, which the keeper misjudged and had no chance of saving. And Herrera scored a goal from a deflected shot. And then Anthony Martial made it. Um, Anthony Martial got a goal from a beautifully well-worked um, sequence of passes that led to the goal. Pogba with the assist there. Jesse Lingard scored from the penalty spot. And then he scored again later in the match to make it 5-1. Paul Pogba had two assists in the match he put on a fine display but yeah the the reign of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer albeit temporary reign went off to an amazing start also it was against the club that he coached as a he he coached Cardiff City I think this was one of his first managerial positions so for him to get a win against his former team was pretty I'm sure it was very good for him so Yep, good for United. And then another excellent display was by Tottenham Hotspur, who went all the way to Everton Stadium and destroyed Everton six goals to two. We had goals from Theo Walcott, who actually opened the scoring. The match should have been... Everton should have been 2-0 up because, in my opinion, there was a header from Calvert-Lewin that was ruled as a foul before um, it was ruled that Carver Lewin put his hands on the defender and that was how I was able to spring up and get the header. So it was ruled as a foul. In my opinion, it was not a foul and Everton actually screwed out of a goal, out of a 2-0 lead. And then right after that, Sun Heung-min got the equaliser 
got into the open post, open net after a moment of madness from Jordan Pickford. He's been doing this a lot this season. And then Dele Ali made it 2-1. Harry Kane got the goal to make it 3-1. Christian Eriksen got a goal to make it 4-1. Nice volley as well. Very well placed. Gilfie Sigurdsson made it 4-2. Son Heung Min made it 5-2. And Harry Kane made it 6-2. It was an absolute masterclass from Son Heung Min. This guy has been so good for Spurs since last season. And this, to think that he hasn't had a preseason. This guy has not had a preseason since the beginning of the 2017-2018 season. So since the beginning of last season, this guy has not had any time off. After the season finished last season, he played in the World Cup. Right after the World Cup, he played in the Under-23 Asian Cup. After the Asian Cup was over, he immediately came back to the Premier League because the season had already started. And it didn't take two weeks. He was back in the starting lineup for, for Spurs. And he's actually going to go for the Asia Games starting next month. And this guy is still playing at the top of his form. I don't know how he does it, man. He has to have like an engine inside his body because it's it's superhuman to be able to do what he's doing. Anyways, next match, Chelsea lost at Stamford Bridge to Leicester City 1-0, courtesy of a Jamie Vardy goal. Chelsea were actually quite disappointing in this match. They missed a lot of clear-cut opportunities. Hazard hit the post. Alonso as well, Marcus Alonso from a position where he normally scores, he hit the post as well. Unlucky for them, but I think Leicester got a very well-deserved win. They actually played pretty good and it was a good win for them. Disappointing result for Chelsea. Arsenal defeated Burnley three goals to one, courtesy of a brace from Aubameyang and a goal from Alex Iwobi. Then, the Boxing Day fixtures. First match from there, Liverpool defeated Newcastle 4-0. Courtesy of goals from Dejan Lovren. Lovren hit a very good half volley into the top left corner. Excellent goal from him. Very well shot. And then Mohamed Salah made it 2-0 from the penalty spot. He was given the penalty, which should not have been a penalty in my opinion at all. He was touched quite all right but that amount of contact was not enough for him to go down come on football is a contact sport and it was bullshit for the ref to give that call but he did and salah got the goal then shakiri made it 3-0 and fabinho made it 4-0 close to the dying minutes it was not so dominant on the pitch liverpool actually didn't play that great but they got the goals and Newcastle obviously came in to defend and once they conceded the first goal, they really didn't create much. And Liverpool are, um, I'll talk about the other results, but Liverpool are now six points clear at the top. And actually, I'll, I'll get back to that later. But I will say this though. Salah escaped a ban. He escaped a retrospective ban for the penalty dive. And he will not miss the games against Arsenal and Manchester City, which are their next two fixtures. If he had been banned, he would have missed these two games. I, for one, agree. I don't think he should have been banned. I don't think it was a penalty. I think it was a bit of a dive. But there was contact. And if there's contact, I think 
there's no need to to start banning players after it was obvious that there was contact because once you start doing that you open up so many gray areas because it it now becomes it's now the job of the referee to determine if the contact was enough for the player to go down and really there's no way of knowing that because the thing is in slow motion it might have looked like it was very small contact but at the same time the player is running at full pace and the amount of contact that it takes to take someone down who's running in full pace is not as much as it would take somebody who is in a stationary position. So I think it would be dangerous for referees to start banning players for dives even when there was contact. That being said, though, it was not a penalty. And yeah, it wasn't a penalty at all. And it shouldn't have been given. But I agree with them not banning Mo because I think that would have been an equally stupid decision, as stupid as giving the penalty in the first place. So good for Salah, he gets to play. That would have been huge, though, if he had been suspended for the two matches. Yeah, we don't know what could have happened because he has literally been everything for Liverpool this season. The other members of the front three have been blowing hot and cold this season. Salah has by far been the most consistent getting the goals for them. So it was good that he is going to play these next two matches. And then we've got Leicester City defeated Manchester City two goals to one. Manchester City suffering back-to-back defeats in one week, suffering their third defeat in the last four matches. Highly disappointing for them. They actually opened the scoring through Bernardo Silva in the first half, but... Mark Albrighton quickly got the equaliser not um, a few minutes later through a nice header, well-placed header to the left of Edison's goal. And um, Leicester City continued creating a lot more chances. Manchester City were actually lucky to go into the break at one all, And in the second half, you would have thought that they would have come back stronger knowing that, okay, they were lucky to be level and they would have taken the impetus to defeat Leicester but it wasn't so the second half came in and upstepped Ricardo Pereira with a very well struck shot after the set piece it was from the right corner of the of the um, 18 yard box straight into the top left corner Edison had no chance back-to-back screamers conceded by Manchester City and from there, they they were clueless again. They did not create any proper chances, just like in the match against Crystal Palace. They seemed out of it. They seemed clueless. They did not know what to do. And they lost the match very, very deservedly so. And they are now seven points behind Liverpool going into the new year. Seven whole points. Uh, that's That's a huge, huge, huge gap at this point in the season. And if it wasn't because Manchester City were such a strong side, ordinarily we would have said the title race was over and we should just crown Liverpool the champions. Or at least say that Leicester City are out of it. Sorry, Manchester City are out of it. They are now in third place, even behind Spurs. So that's crazy. However, the injured players are returning. De Bruyne got his first start since coming back from his... Um, injury and um, the likes of Aguero. Aguero is also back 
and David Silva is back in training. He's probably going to play in the next match or in the next few matches. So we'll see. The full squad is back. And Liverpool should count themselves lucky that at least they were able to create a gap and take advantage of the fact that Manchester City had a few injuries. So shocking though. Very, very shocking to see City play this badly. Once again, they go down by a goal and they look clueless. They look like they don't have any fighting spirit. This definitely wasn't the way they were last season. Last season, I, don't, I can't count how many matches that they were either losing or drawing. And in the last five minutes, they'll just, just turn it up and change a draw or a loss into a victory. So, I don't know. City players need to ask themselves some questions. Then over to Tottenham Hotspur, who are just in form. They defeated Bournemouth five goals to nil at Wembley. Got goals from Christian Eriksen. Son, once again, he got a double. Lucas Moura got a goal and Harry Kane got a goal. Spurs are now up to second place. They have leapfrogged Manchester City and they are now in second place. Huming Son is on fire again. This guy is just, he's something else, man. I mean, he's, I really don't know his full potential yet. I feel like there is still more that this guy can offer. It's crazy. He's definitely among the top three most important players for Spurs. I think he has overtaken Dele Ali as the third most important player for Spurs behind Kane and Eriksen. And yeah, man, these and Spurs in general, the whole club, they they seem unfazed by the links between uh, Manchester United and Mauricio Pochettino. Pochettino seems unfazed since the since Mourinho's sacking and since the the links became stronger and stronger and since he started getting questions in the media, they've just been playing excellent football and defeating everybody in their path. This is now 11 goals in the last two games, only two conceded, and they're on fire. Shout out, special mention to Kyle Walker-Peters, who got three assists in this match. Good for him. And more kudos to Mauricio Pochettino, who just seems to know how to get the best out of young players. He's a developer of talent, and this is why I want him to be Manchester United manager, but that's for another day. Watford lost at home at the Vicarage, at Vicarage Road to Chelsea, two goals to one. Hazard got the brace after he opened the scoring through a nice counter-attack one-on-one. He cut the ball past the keeper, finished it into the open net. Andreas Pereira got a very good goal to make it 1-1. And then a penalty in the second half and Eden Hazard dispatched to score his 100th goal for the club. It must be said, though, that Hazard is literally everything for Chelsea. Without Hazard, I don't know where these guys would be. He is the he's the sole creator and scorer of goals for this team. I think, in my opinion, they have the worst front three or the worst attack of the whole teams in the top six. Pedro and William are just not cutting it. Pedro can be good. I think he's quite good on the under Sarri system because he tracks back. He's a very hard worker and he's technically gifted. William, on the other hand, he he just looks so dumb sometimes. He he makes the most stupid decisions on the ball, whether to cross or to shoot. He can't even cross most of the time. And it's crazy that Chelsea refused to sell this guy for £60 million to Barcelona. This would have been an absolute bargain for them. But they need to stop defend, depending on Hazard. 
They also don't have strikers. Giroud and Morata are just not cutting it. A lot of rumors swirling around that they're going to get a swap deal for Iguain. Iguain coming to Chelsea with Morata going to AC Milan. But that's a very difficult deal to make happen because let's not forget, Iguain might be playing for AC Milan, but he's still a Juventus player. He's just on loan. So Juventus will have to be the ones to negotiate this. And with three parties involved, like these kind of deals hardly come through. So especially for a January transfer, I don't see how that's going to happen. And even if it does, Iguain is not the long-term solution because he's just he's 31 years old. So I don't see why they would go all out to get him just for the second half of the season. I think they're relatively fine the way they are. They'll probably still make the top four. And that's all they can really hope for because even with Iguain, there's no way they're going to win the league. So what else can they hope for? They can still win the Europa League with or without him. So I really don't see why they should be going for him. I think they should hold on until the summer and go all out for a young striker like, say, Mauro Icardi. I don't know. There's a few of them out there. But Iguain, I don't think he's a solution. Brighton held Arsenal to a 1-1 draw. Aubameyang opened the scoring. But then soon after, Jürgen Lokadia got the equalizer through a route one counter-attack just to ball over the top. Lichsteiner failed to get the header to divert the ball. And Locadia got the ball. He he dribbled past um, Bern Leno and finished it. So yeah, they they are now Arsenal are now two points off of top four, the two points behind Chelsea. However, Aubameyang is just on fire and he's just getting the goals for these guys. He's top of the goal scoring charts with, with um, either 12 or 13 goals. I can't remember. But he's scoring a lot for them. And Arsenal's defense, though, Arsenal's defense is rubbish. The defense is shit. And that defense could cost them a lot come the end of the season. So Emery needs to do a job on them. Manchester United defeated Huddersfield three goals to one. So, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, back-to-back wins. A nice win on his first match at Old Trafford. We got goals from Nemanja Matic and a double from Paul Pogba, who put on another masterclass. He played very well. And, um, yeah, back-to-back wins for United. Pogba is starting to show his magic since Mourinho's left. He's back in favor with the team. He's back starting where he should be. And he's playing very, very well. But let's not get ahead of ourselves, though, because these two victories were against Huddersfield and Cardiff, which are two teams that are sure to be in the relegation fights come the end of the season. So United fans, calm down. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. I, for one, am not. I'm just being cautiously optimistic. I think there will definitely be some bumps along the way because there's no way that Solskjaer is going to turn this team around who, who looked dead and buried just in a couple of weeks. It's just not possible. So I think there definitely will be some bumps, but United can count themselves lucky that they have a very good fixture list coming up. I mean, including these last two matches against Huddersfield and Cardiff, then next they play Bournemouth, and then after that they play Newcastle. So if they can get these, these wins, they at least should be able to get enough momentum to make them confident to face any of the big boys when they do. 
they are going to be playing Spurs after the new year, I think on the 13th of January. So that's going to be a huge one. Let's see how that one goes. So that's it for the Premier League. Over to La Liga. Um, actually, yes, I was going to talk about um, Liverpool real quick. So Liverpool are top of the table going into the weekend. They are going to be top of the table after the new year. And just something, a little statistic about teams that have finished top of the table after Christmas. So out of the over the last 10 years, it's only twice that the team on the top of the table didn't go on to win the league after being top, top of the table at Christmas. And guess who? The, it was Liverpool twice. The two occasions that the team at the top of the table going into Christmas or after Christmas didn't win the match, did not win the league, excuse me, has been Liverpool. So let's see how, that's, how this goes for them this time around. Surely this has to be their year. I mean, you could argue that the last two squads that they had, the one, especially the last one where it, um, where it was Suarez, Sterling and Sturridge who were just tearing it up for them. You could argue that time that they didn't have the full squad that they do now. Now they have a full starting 11 and bench to take them to the end of the season. So I think they should be there. Yeah, if they don't win it this year, they're never going to win it again. They should just cancel the club and relegate them or something because that's ridiculous. Over to La Liga. So Barcelona defeated Celta Vigo two goals to nil. Got goals from Usman Dembele and Lionel Messi. Dembele continues to provide the goods despite his off-field issues. And Messi continues to be Messi. They've extended the lead to three points at the top of the table because Sevilla dropped points. So they're on three they're on they are top of the table by three points. Atletico Madrid defeated Espanol 1-0 from a goal from Antoine Griezmann. Atletico Madrid are now up to second place. They have leapfrogged Leganes because Leganes sorry, they have leapfrogged Sevilla because Sevilla dropped points away from home against Leganes. They drew the match 1-1. They actually needed a last-minute equalizer to even salvage the draw. They were going to lose this match. They conceded first in the first half through Mikel Vesca, and then in the 91st minute, Wissam Ben Yedder got an equalizer for them. Sevilla are not looking like the title contenders that they were at the beginning of the season. Now they are without an away win since the 30th of September, where they defeated um, Ibar. This has been four straight matches away from home in which they have drawn the match. So it's not looking, this is not championship winning form at all. They need to really, really step up. However, that's going to have to be after the new year because La Liga are currently now on the winter break. So the table, the top of the table going into the winter break has Barcelona on top with 37 points, Atletico Madrid in second with 34, Sevilla in third with 32 points, and Real Madrid stay in fourth place despite not playing a match with 29 points. So they actually have a game in hand, and if they're able to win that, they will be level with Sevilla. Then Serie A. Serie A. They also had two rounds of fixtures. They had weekend fixtures and Boxing Day fixtures as well. In the weekend, Juventus defeated Roma in the standout match there. 
1-0, courtesy of a goal from Mario Mandzukic. Napoli defeated Spal 1-0 from a Raul Albio goal. Kievo defeated Inter Milan. Actually, no, Kievo drew with Inter Milan. Inter Milan were away from home. And it was goals from Perisic and Sergio Pellissier. AC Milan lost at the San Siro to Fiorentina. They seem to be slipping. They lost from a goal from Federico and Chiesa. And then Lazio defeated Cagliari, three goals to one. And Lazio actually overtook AC Milan and are now in fourth place. Then the Boxing Day fixtures, the standout match from there was Inter Milan versus Napoli. Inter Milan defeated Napoli 1-0, courtesy of a goal from Lautaro Martinez. However, this game had a lot of controversy throughout the match. Um, there were red cards for Lorenzo Insigne and Kalidou Koulibaly. And at this point, it was still 0-0. But more on the red card for Koulibaly. Koulibaly was red carded after... It was the second yellow he got, so he fouled a player, which in my opinion was not a foul at all. Fouled a player, was given a yellow card, and then he gave a sarcastic clap to the referee. And obviously we know what that means. That's an automatic yellow card, and he was sent off. But the thing is... Koulibaly is a very well level, um, level-headed player and he was probably incensed in this match because he had been suffering racial abuse throughout the match from the Inter Milan fans. Um, Carlo Ancelotti, after the match, he came out and said that he asked the ref on several occasions to stop the match because of the racist abuse. He were, there were racist chants going on throughout the stadium and who was told to... They asked to stop the match, the referee refused. And I'm pretty sure Koulibaly was just boiling and that was his way of just, um, what do you call it? Like expressing his anger. It's a shame though that this is still a problem in football. And I really love how so many footballers from different leagues, different teams have come out to support Koulibaly on social media, saying we need to kick racism out of the game. We do. How it's going to be done, that's another question, but this is a serious issue. And it's a shame that in the 21st century, in 2018, we're still talking about this. So something needs to be done. However, um, Napoli are now nine points behind um, Juventus because they failed to, they, they lost. If they had won or gotten a draw, it could have stayed at eight points. And then Inter Milan are now five points behind Napoli. So, Juventus, they drew away from home against Atalanta 2-2. It actually required Cristiano Ronaldo coming off the bench. He didn't start this match. He and Pjanic didn't start. And it was very obvious that they were not on the pitch. Juventus were quite poor. They actually got, they got the lead through an own goal very early in the match. However, they conceded an equalizer. And then they were losing courtesy of a double of a brace from Duvan Zapata. So it required Ronaldo to come off the bench and save them once again. I actually can't count how many matches Ronaldo, how many points Ronaldo has saved for Juventus. So many matches where they only win 1-0 or 2-1 and it's courtesy of a winning goal from Ronaldo. It's a shame though because they have so much talent and I feel like they're kind of underperforming despite the fact that they are nine points ahead on the top of the table. They need to play better in the second half of half of the season if they're going to win the Champions League for sure. But they drew the match. 
and they have extended the lead on the top of the table to nine points because Napoli lost. And um, yeah, Frosinone nil, AC Milan nil. Four straight games for AC Milan without a goal now. Um, Gennaro Gattuso is in heaps of trouble right now. He seems like he could lose his job any moment from now because they have now slipped to sixth place on the table. The three points off of Lazio in fourth spot. And yeah, they need to turn their fortunes around really quickly if they're going to have any chance of getting back in the Champions League. Lazio defeated Bologna two goals to nil away from home. Credito of goals from Louis Felipe and Senad Lulic. So they are now in fourth place and things are looking good for them. The Bundesliga, Borussia Dortmund defeated Borussia Mönchengladbach two goals to one. This was a top of the table battle between first and second place. Dortmund opened the scoring through Jadon Sancho. However, soon after, Christoph Kramer got an equalizer for Mönchengladbach and then Marco Royce got the winning goal for, for um, Borussia Dortmund. So they stay top and are going to be top of the table after the new year. And Frankfurt, Antrecht Frankfurt lost three goals to nil at home against Bayern Munich. Munich are coming back in form. Another fine display for them. Got a brace from Frank Ribery and a third goal from Rafinha. And yeah, Bayern are in serious form now. And it's going to be interesting. The title race is going to really heat up in the second half of the season. They are up to second place in the league, going above Mönchengladbach, who lost to Dortmund. And I think we have a title race on our hands now. I hope Dortmund are going to be able to hold on until the end and give a proper title race because the Bundesliga hasn't had one in such a long time. Actually, since Dortmund won the league. So it's going to be interesting. The second half of the season is definitely going to be very interesting. The top of the table going into the winter break for the Bundesliga has Borussia Dortmund top of the table with 42 points, Bayern Munich second with 36, Borussia Mönchengladbach third with 33, and RB Leipzig fourth with 31 points. Ligue 1. PSG finally had their first match since the 6th of December. The matches had been getting postponed because of the riots going on in Paris and in other parts of France. So they got the win, though, in this match against Nantes, 1-0, from a goal from Kylian Mbappe. Mbappe is just going from strength to strength this season. He also picked up the French Player of the Year award over the week. So good for him, man. Young player way too much potential and really it's going to be interesting to see just how well this guy can develop and how good he's going to be the table going into the winter break for Ligue 1 has PSG on top with 47 points they are 13 points ahead of Lille who are second with 34 and Lyon are third with 32 points it's crazy how PSG have missed their last two matches and there's still 13 points at the top of the table. That's crazy. So, fixtures for the weekend. We've got, um, we've got the weekend fixtures. 
and we've got the new year fixtures for the Premier League and then Serie A only has one more round of fixtures before they go on the winter break. So for the Premier League, the standout game over the weekend is going to be Liverpool versus Arsenal. That's going to be a mouth-watering clash. The first clash ended, was it 1-1 or 2-2? It was a very well-contested match. You could have argued that both teams could have won the match, and I think it's going to be the same in this one. Well, not the same. Liverpool are firm favourites. Arsenal have had a dip in form, and I think Liverpool will dispatch of Arsenal very, quite easily, but in a very entertaining way. I expect both teams to score. We'll see how that one goes for them. Then we've got Tottenham Hotspur versus Wolves. Spurs are on fire right now, and Wolves, they do well against top opposition, but this might just be a bit too much for them to handle. Because the form Spurs are in, I really don't see Wolves getting anything out of this match, like whatsoever. Southampton versus Manchester City. City need a result. They cannot afford to drop any more points or else this title race is over. Even they are not good enough to, um, to make back a 9-point or 10-point deficit this, at this point in the season. They go away to Southampton. Southampton are in form. They are battling rele- relegation. They lost the last match, though, to West Ham at home. I think that was Hasenhutl's first loss since taking over. So maybe Manchester City are going to capitalize on that. But definitely Southampton will be looking to at least get a point or get something out of this match. And they will be wary that City are a wounded animal right now. And that could go either way. It could be that Manchester City will absolutely destroy Southampton. Or that they will continue to slump lower and lower. And Southampton will get a draw or a win. But stay tuned for that one. Crystal Palace versus Chelsea. That should be another interesting one. That's a London derby. Palace, Roy Hodgson has found a way to play quite well against big teams. He's got some mixed results. And Chelsea are not in the best form. Despite their win, their win over Watford, it seems like if, if Eden Hazard performs, they win. If he doesn't, they don't. So it's all up to Hazard once again in this match. And then Manchester United versus Bournemouth. Another good fixture for um, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. It's going to be his second match at Old Trafford. And the United boys are going to be looking to get a very good win for their manager once again. Then over to the New Year fixtures. So it's going to be Manchester City versus Liverpool. That is huge. Um... We don't know how the points difference is going to be leading into this match. But still, it's going to be all to play for for both teams. Well, I mean, Liverpool can afford not to win and still have a very decent gap ahead of City. So this is going to be very interesting because I don't know the tactics Klopp is going to use for this match. He's definitely not one to defend or pack the bus. So... I don't know if he's going to change his mind this time around because Manchester City are definitely going to be looking to gain some momentum to cut the lead. And Liverpool are going to be looking to avoid defeat first and foremost. So I don't know what tactics he's going to um, use for this match. In the other match, in this fixture, 
in the reverse fixture earlier in the season at Anfield, it was actually Pep Guardiola who had a more um, cautious approach to the match. They still dominated possession, but they were not so attacking as they usually are. There were a lot of backwards passes, especially when they saw that Liverpool were trying to press them. They would definitely pass back and try to regain composure. And they were quite unlucky to get the win because, remember, Riyad Mahrez missed that penalty. But this one, it's going to be at the Etihad Stadium. And I don't know, I don't know, I cannot call this match at all. It's going to be very, very interesting to watch. Then Cardiff are at home to Spurs. Spurs are going to be looking to get another easy three points against relegation-threatened Cardiff. Then Chelsea versus Southampton. Southampton are having some tough fixtures. First City and then Chelsea. Good luck to them. Should be a straightforward win for Chelsea. Um, with or without Hazard's form, like surely they, they have the tools to defeat Southampton without depending on one player to always get them out of trouble. Then Arsenal versus Fulham. Ranieri is really, really fighting hard to avoid relegation and it's not really going so well for Fulham. Uh, but yeah, this should be a good opportunity for them to at least get something. Arsenal are looking a bit frail lately, especially defensively. So we'll see how that one goes. And then Newcastle versus Manchester United. This has historically been a tough fixture for United. St. James's Park is not usually the best ground for United. They have gotten a lot of heavy defeats in the past in this ground, including one just last season. So it's going to be interesting. We're going to see um, a lot of players are coming back. Lukaku's back. Alexis Sanchez is back. Martial is back. And um, they are going to be looking definitely, especially Sanchez. Sanchez and Lukaku should definitely be looking to really make this make um Solskjaer put them back into the starting 11 and back into his plans and they have a lot to prove so they should be looking forward to these two fixtures against Bournemouth and Newcastle and yeah that's about it for the Premier League and then Serie A this is going to be their last round of fixtures before the winter break so it's Juventus versus Sampdoria should be a straightforward one for Juve I believe Napoli versus Bologna, um, Empoli versus Inter, got Lazio versus Torino, and AC Milan versus Spal. Any match could be Gattuso's last match, so AC Milan should definitely be looking to get a win, and they couldn't have asked for a better match than against Spal, who are just newly promoted. So that's about it for the for this round of of games. Um, should be very exciting very exciting action going into the weekend and the new years hopefully you guys are going to be with friends and family ready to watch these matches and wherever you are i hope you definitely enjoy the new year so that's about it for me i will get back to you guys next week to discuss the results from this from these matches and um, once again, you can catch me on social media, on Instagram at dballot and on Twitter at dkballot. I'd like to wish all of my listeners a very happy new year. Wish you all the best for the upcoming holidays. 
eat as much food as you can, drink, but not too much. But most importantly, stay safe and enjoy the time with your friends and family. So thanks a lot, guys, for listening, and I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.